welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2, one final minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I have been and always will be Nick Jimenez and the news. <laughs> and today we are going back to our final minute of the movie, Minute 108. 100, 108 minutes. 108 minutes. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, oh, like exactly, too. That's what's crazy. 108 exactly, like on the dot. Well, there's a mechas for you. Yeah. Uh, so Minute 108, which begins with the credits for uh, CPR Kid, um, which I assume is the, uh, the the wallet guy. He stole his wallet. Oh, what a weird thing to be. Yeah, I guess it is what he was doing. Yeah. So it starts with uh, starts with that credit and ends with uh, the the end of the credits, the Amblin Entertainment logo. Boom. Yeah. Um, Elliot just goes riding the whip. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's it, and we're in our final minute. Uh, how does it feel? It feels good. It feels yeah. good. Uh, it feels good to know that we're just. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it feels kind of like when you're, uh, you know, you're done with like the we're a third of the way done, like with the marathon. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, another third. Another third. Yeah, we're two thirds of the way done. Two thirds of the way. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so let's wrap up the 67 draft, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. OK, so um, Marty has uh, put Lorraine and George on a. Uh, a bus of sorts sure. driven by a... They're uh, about to join the Manson family. Right. They're about to join on the way to San Francisco so he can be conceived and uh, <laughs> eventually uh, sacrificed to some sort of uh, Manson god of some yeah. kind. Um, Marty and Doc have gotten on a motorcycle together. Born to be Wild is playing. Oh, yeah. That amazing shot. Yeah. And we arrive at... Uh, we arrive on Canyon Road... At uh, Gannon Canyon. And <clears throat> Marty says, I'll be right back with the DeLorean because uh, he leaves uh, 85 Doc at the starting line. So there's a there's a white line that says start here. Okay. Just like the original. Uh, it's his move. It's Doc's move. <clears throat> and Marty's like, I'm going to go to 67 Doc, get the DeLorean, and be right back. So he goes over uh, to where the high-tension tower is. Um, with the uh, the the time bomb is it shows nine forty seven, so it's already set and ready to go to blow up at ten o'clock. <laughs> okay, yeah. And <clears throat> Marty and uh, <clears throat> Marty and uh, Doc are reunited, and Marty uh, looks over the edge, and it's a really long way down. And sixty seven Doc says, "Piece of cake, eh, Marty?" And Marty says, "What kind of cake?" And then, <laughs> And then Doc is showing Marty the controls. He says, this joystick controls uh, the Alerans on the back. So you pull back to go higher. You push forward to go lower. Left banks left. Right banks right. Here's the altimeter. Uh, And then it's color-coded with three colored lights. Like when the needle reaches this point, the green light will go on, indicating you're at the correct altitude for contact with the cable. If it's red, you're too low. If it's yellow, you're too high. Uh, Marty repeats this back, and he's like, okay, got it. 
67Doc puts a walkie-talkie on the DMC dashboard. He's like, I'll be stationed partway up that tower and give you a countdown over this walkie-talkie. When I say blast off, you hit the pedal to the metal. Uh, your starting position is marked. It's about two miles down the spur right next to the to the Canyon Museum. Right? He says, yeah, I passed it on the way here. And he's like, great. I'll leave the programming of the destination time to you. Uh, I sure wish I could go with you, Marty. I, it, it'd be like taking the ultimate trip. Ultimate trip is in quotes. Because <laughs> he's, he's recently – he has recently quit LSD uh, and is already regretting the decision apparently. Yeah. Um, he's already looking for something else to replace it. Yeah. <laughs> or he's like, I, I, don't, I really don't think that would be a very good idea. And 67 Doc goes, yeah, I know. Plus, it'd be physically impossible anyway. The weight of an extra passenger would throw off all of my calculations. Marty just looks at him dumbfounded. He goes, what What do you mean, Doc? He's like, well, with two people in the time machine, you'd never get enough lift to reach the wires. <gasps> he says, so, D- Doc, uh, maybe we ought to postpone this whole thing for a night or two, you know, just to double check everything. He's he's like, oh no, the do- the bomb's already set to go off at ten. It's too late to defuse it now, and if you're not going to absorb the one point twenty one gigawatt surge, the overload will cause a massive power failure in half the state that'll rival the New York blackout of nineteen sixty five. Innocent people would be hurt. Some might even die. Oh, Marty says, Christ, Doc, you've kind of bet the farm on this one, haven't you? And 67 Doc shrugs and says, what's life without a few calculated risks? Marty's like, I wouldn't know. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, we go back to the time bomb. It's ticking away. It's now 9.56. We're back at the starting line. 85 Doc is sticking the pole and hook into place in the rear of the DMC. Marty has already explained the situation to him. Doc says, there's no alternative, Marty. You'll ha- I'll have to stay behind. Marty's like, no, Doc, I'll stay behind. You go back to the future, repair the DeLorean, and come back for me. Doc says it won't work. I'll still need the, to generate the 1.21 gigawatts to come back, and who knows how long that'll take. Marty says, but if you come back to this moment to get me, it won't take any time at all. 67 Doc crackles over the walkie-talkie. Roger, this is your time travel mission control. Jesus. Uh, he says, we are currently at T-minus two minutes and counting. Please set your destination time if you have not already done so. Uh, Doc uh, immediately goes at it. He's like, let's see. We, we, we have to get you back in time for your date with Jennifer. Marty says, I'm not going, Doc. You are. He's like, but it was after I dropped you both off at her house, which was approximately 10.50 a.m., and so we'll put it at 10.55. And Marty's like, you have to go. If you stay behind, you risk a time paradox. Doc says, and if I fail and you're stuck in the past, you risk the same paradox. Besides, I'm heavier than you, and the lift calculations were based on your weight. Marty says, so we'll lighten the load. We could take off the hubcaps. Hey, that's it, Doc. We can both go if we can get rid of the weight. Doc says, Marty, there aren't 211 pounds of excess weight on this vehicle. (laughs) Marty says, whoa, you you weigh 211? Doc pinches his gut and says, it's all muscle, Marty, all muscle. (laughs) 67 Doc over the radio says, this is mission control. We are now at T minus one minute and counting. Marty opens the trunk on the DMC. We don't need the spare tire. That's got to be 30 pounds. Marty takes it out and dumps it. The jack, these tools, 8 or 10 pounds. Dumps them. What about the whole trunk lid? Doc says, no, we need that. Otherwise, we'll upset the aerodynamics. 
Marty says, the doors. We don't need the doors, do we? Doc says, no, we don't. Marty says, great, give me that crowbar. T minus 30 seconds. Doc gives Marty the crowbar. 15 seconds and counting. They, they both start to go in. He's like, Doc says, forget it, Marty. There's no time. Marty's like, we got to go for it, Doc. You drive. I'll get the door off, the, off during flight. 67, Doc starts counting down from 10. Marty says, Doc, hurry, or nobody's going. <clears throat> and he gets in, hits the gas pedal, just as 67, Doc says, blast off. And now we're in a power line sequence. It's a series of shots. The DMC accelerates down the road. 67 Doc watches through binoculars. Marty continues jimmying the hinges of the, of the goal wing doors. The speedometer needle climbs. The timer on the bomb counts down. 90 seconds to detonation. The DMC speeds down the down toward the canyon rim. Doc says, hurry, Marty. Marty says, working on it. Marty gives the crowbar a hard jerk and hits Doc in the head with the other end. Ouch. Doc jerks the, jerks the wheel in response at being hit, and the car almost goes off the road. Sorry, Marty tears off one of the hinges. Almost there. Marty, the DMC goes over the canyon rim and starts plummeting. The altimeter needle drops and hit, and the light glows red. 67 Doc says, pull back on the stick. Doc pulls back on the joystick. The Alarans respond, but the car doesn't lift. It merely decreases the speed of its descent. Oh, my God. Marty rips out the last part of the hinge, but the door doesn't fall off. Marty's pushing on it, but the wind resistance is keeping it on. The, the wind is holding it on. Bank, so the car, bank the car so I can push it off. Doc pushes the joystick to the right. The DeLorean banks to the right. Marty gives the door a shove. It's stuck. He pushes harder, harder. Finally, he throws his whole body into it. The door falls off, and Marty falls out of the car. Marty, Marty pants uh, get caught on the crowbar, leaving him hanging out of the open doorway. Oh. The DeLorean door falls into the canyon, bouncing off the canyon walls and into the darkness. The lightning of the load, or the lightning of the load, causes the car to fly upward. The altimeter needle moves up. M Marty regains his balance and starts to pull himself back in. Sixty-seven Doc watches all this through the binoculars in disbelief. He adjusts his position and sits on a protruding metal point. Ow! Eighty-five. <laughs> okay. How did eighty-five Doc reacts in identical pain and accidentally knocks the joystick <gasps> sideways? The DeLorean spins. In response, Marty falls back out. He grabs the bottom of the doorway and hangs on for dear life. Marty says, Doc, help. Doc <laughs> looks over at Marty's predicament in amazement. You're supposed to wear your seatbelt. Marty says, I forgot. <laughs> 85 Doc banks the vehicle a full 90 degrees left, which puts Marty in position to climb back in. 67 Doc says, who's driving that thing? Marty makes it into the car. 85 Doc writes the DMC. He gets in and fashions his seatbelt. Doc pulls back on the stick. The flying car climbs. The, the altimeter uh, needle moves toward the green. Doc says, I think we did it. 67 Doc says, 20 seconds to detonation. Through the DMC windshield, the power lines are visible in the di distance. The speedometer is stabilized at 88, but the altimeter needle is still in the red. Doc pulls back on the joystick to no avail. The red light stays on. We're still a few pounds overweight. Marty throws the crowbar out. More! Marty takes off his shoes and throws them out. The altimeter inches up, 
Close but no cigar. The DMC is coming up on the power lines. Ten, nine, eight. Marty throws the walkie-talkie overboard. Seven, six. Doc, we're not going to make it. Marty reaches under the seat, pulls out the knapsack with the almanac. He hesitates a moment. Four, three. Marty throws it out. That does it. The ultimator lights g- light goes green. Two, one. The bomb on the tower explodes. Sparks shoot into the sky. The power lines glow electrical blue. The flying DeLorean hooks the supercharged line. And the 1.21 watts, well, 1.21 gigawatts of electricity hit the flux capacitor. And the DeLorean disappears through the time barrier. And 67 Doc goes wild with euphoria, screaming and yelling, and then on the canyon floor below, a tent is pitched, a campfire burns, and two figures stare at the aerial display of sparks. It's Pa and Ma Peabody. (laughs) (laughs) Pa Peabody says, I see it, but I don't believe it. Ma Peabody says, not a word about this, Otis. Not one word. Mm. Otis, look over there. What's that? It's Marty's knapsack. <gasps> pa picks it up. It's a knapsack. Hey, what's in this? He pulls out the almanac, thumbs through it curiously. Numbers. A whole lot of numbers. He shakes his head and throws it in the campfire. Oh well, at least it's good for something. <laughs> That's and then amazing. We, we hold on the campfire as the almanac burns and then dissolve to a model of a campfire. We widen, revealing a diorama museum exhibit of Indians around a campfire. Okay. <clears throat> Native Americans. Bob, come on. Yeah, um, it was a different time. It was. Uh, the tools, uh, t- a tour guide is explaining the tools and pottery in the exhibit date that they exhibit date from 11, 1100 A.D., we're with a tour group in the museum at the Canyon Museum. And uh, it's clearly 1985 based on the clothing and everything. And the tour guide says, now we come to our most puzzling ex- exhibit, the mystery door. And it is a d- the DeLorean door, dented, rusted, and aged, in a display case in the middle of the room. Flashballs start going off. The tour guide says, Discovered on the canyon floor after a UFO sighting 18 years ago, many people believe this object is a hatch from an alien spaceship, particularly due to its built-in electronics, which were displayed, uh, which were beyond all earthly technology in 67. Joining us now to answer your questions is noted UFO expert and discoverer of the door, Mr. Otis Peabody. Mild applause as uh, Paul Peabody, now 75 and using a cane, joins the tour group. A kid raises his hand and the kid says, yeah, if this door is from an alien spaceship, what happened to the ship? And he says, as I explained in my book, Trash Dumps of the Gods, that particular (laughs) ship... Uh, got completely disintegrated. I know it because I saw it. Suddenly, Pa's mouth falls open and his eyes bug out at what he sees through the window behind the tour group. The flying DeLorean without a door as it banks through the power lines and heads back toward Hill Valley. Pa Pa Peabody gulps and he says, of course, that's just a theory. Next question. (laughs) And uh, we're back at Lion Estates. The DMC pulls up. Marty's like, it's looking good. Uh, Biff's auto detailing truck is in the driveway. Um, And uh, he's like, he he says, okay, great. My truck's here. Everything's going to be fine. I'll change clothes and zip over to Jennifer's. And Doc says, I'm going to, I'm going to check on Einstein. uh, So I'll catch you later. 
Marty says, right, Doc, it's been real. And Doc says, only some of it, Marty. <laughs> I don't know what that means. but What the hell does that mean? And then uh, well, Marty. It's not real? I don't know. Okay, whatever. Uh, Marty enters and goes through the front door. And uh, Lorraine and George are there, dressed as they were at the, begin- at the end of the first movie. They're on the couch cuddling, looking over George's novel. He says, hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hi, Marty. What on earth are you wearing? And then Marty's like, oh, right. I, uh, I had to borrow these from Doc Brown because of uh, one of his experiments. And then he just runs down the hallway, and George and Lorraine just exchange a look. And Lorraine says, I just got a chill. You know, like deja vu? You reminded me of somebody back in the 60s. George says, Lorraine, you're always thinking about the past. The future. That's what's important. The future. And then we cut to Jennifer's house. What, Marty. What? Marty's back in 80s clothes. Uh, I would I would have loved to know what he was going to be wearing in this scene. Oh, yeah. Just... He, never, he never changed his clothes. He's always wearing a version of his outfit from the first movie. I just know? imagine he looks like post-nom Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> um, he sees Jennifer and he wakes her up and she's like what happened I had a weird dream and he's like yeah yeah it was a dream totally a dream none of that happened he's like cool we're gonna go to the lake tonight and she's like yep we sure are let's go let's get ready for the lake I'll pick you up um, you know maybe around 630 tonight and she's like yeah okay uh, and then a, good good and then a red cor- cor- uh, red Corvette convertible pulls up, and two guys uh, named Winch and Lomax show up. And he's, they say, "Hey, Whoa, wait, Lomax? McFly. Yeah, Lomax. Oh hey, McFly, God. been looking for you, pal." And Marty's like, "Hey, Winch, Lomax, what's shaking?" They like, "We have an opportunity for you. If you wanna, if you wanna do it, instant cashola, fast, easy, low risk. Uh, we just need a third wheel and a truck. You want in?" Marty's like, "Tonight." And Jennifer starts reacting like she's getting some intense deja vu, like she knows what's about to happen. And Winch says, yeah, once-in-a-lifetime deal, McFly. Your end's good for an easy two Gs. Like I said, major cashola. Marty thinks about it and then says, not interested, guys. And they shrug and drive away. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer is relieved. Marty goes back to her. Now, where were we? And then they, they're about to kiss. And then the DeLorean screeches up. Oh, Jesus. Doc has Einstein with him. Uh, Marty, Marty. And Marty's like, oh, no, not again. I'll be right back. Marty goes over to Doc at the DeLorean. Doc says, you left your driver's license and things in the golf compartment. <laughs> Marty's like, oh, right. And he takes them and he sees uh, – Doc. he hands Marty his license, his student ID, and Norman McFly's blue uh, academic card. Oh, and uh, Marty's like, oh, right. And he looks at it, and the blue card is blank on both sides. What? There's no picture of Norman, no information, nothing. Marty doesn't understand, and he says, what's it mean, Doc? What That now Norman doesn't exist in the future? That we don't get married? Or is the whole future changed somehow or erased? What's it mean? And Doc says, it means that the only thing we can be sure of about the future is that they'll still have blue plastic cards. Your future, Marty, for better or worse, is entirely up to you. It always has been. It always will be. So make it a good one. And Doc winks at him, and Marty smiles, and Marty says, well, what about you, Doc? Are you going back? Doc says, back to the future? No, I've done enough screwing around with with the fourth dimension. He revs up the DeLorean and says, but the fifth dimension, now that's something to shoot for. And then with a crazed glint in his eyes, he shifts into gear and roars off down the street. And then Marty and Jennifer, uh, 
they they hold hands and then stroll off together. It says into the future, and the music comes up and it's a song called When I'm 64 by the Beatles. Yeah, and then uh, roll end credits. Wow. So, wow, Doc Brown across the fifth dimension. I yeah, I don't know what the fifth dimension means. Is that like alternate alternate universes or? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's where Buckaroo it, Banzai went. Yeah. Or was it the eight? Wait, what was that? What was it? It was a Buckaroo Banzai. I think it's eighth dimension. Eighth dimension. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's how the sixty-seven draft ends. It's it's kind of like I don't know. It kind of the end kind of gives me the warm and fuzzies because it's just sort of like oh, it's just a it's just a whole movie, just like a movie. Yeah, I like how quiet. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it, it's it's, really and I like how they kept a fifth dimension open to, uh, open to interpretation, so yeah. that they they don't shoot themselves in the foot for the sequel again. Yeah, they're like I'm going to stop the civil war. Bye. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Um. So that's the '67 draft. It's not the uh, it's not the Lorraine in college uh story that you wished it was. No. But that's up to me. I have, to, I, to I have to be the one to write that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, like that, I like that he he drops his line from part three a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was always going to be the theme of the sequel, you know? Yeah. No fate but what we make. Yeah. Which, uh, which I like. I like that. So, uh, so I guess we should talk about uh, emails. We got two more of those. Yeah. Why the hell not? Okay. So our first email comes from a friend of the show, Chris O'Connor, past guest. Jeffrey Gibson on Geek by Night. Exactly. He says, uh, he says, dear Mr. Minutes, uh, you've traveled traveled back in time and having uh, assured uh, Mr. Zemeckis and Gale uh, let's see. I mean, yeah, what the hell is he Oh, that in 2015, post-credit stings are all the rage. You've been asked to create a post-credit sting for Back to the Future Part Two. Oh, uh, well done, Chris. What do you produce? Do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, Part Two. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to erase okay, the 67 okay, draft yeah, yeah, out of my yeah, head. Yeah. So, so this is the post. This is the credit sting. For Back to the Future Part Two, the one that we that actually exists, the movie, the thing that we've been covering for 108 episodes. Yeah, not 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 the paradox draft, not the 67. <laughs> the the things that we've been talking the most about for the past handful of episodes. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I got to get back on track. Okay. So, uh. Yeah. So I think the post credit scene for me would probably. I don't know. Would it be? I feel like it would be it would be Doc arriving in the old west, right? And like maybe like walking into the saloon and and then uh some guy you hear some guy be like, I haven't seen you here before and you turn and it's it's uh uh it's uh Mad Dog, right? Yeah, the the, the reveal of Mad Dog Cannon. Yeah. And Doc's like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Curses. Yeah. Um, he's okay. just like, oh, heavy. Oh, this is heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess that's that's what mine would be. I guess because you'd have to you'd have to be teasing the third movie, right? Oh, okay. See, I'm gonna 
now if you if you told me if you told me post credit scene for part three, that's a whole other conversation. Do you want to go ahead and do that? No, not for this one. Okay, you gotta save content, buddy. In mine, it would be uh, it would be Jennifer, right? Uh huh. And she's sleeping, and then she wakes up and she goes like, "Oh my god, I just had the most horrible dream about like I saw my 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 kids and like the future was terrible and like." I was old. Marty was a loser. And then the voice goes like, well, you're safe and sound now back in good old 1967. And then stands up and goes, 1967. And she looks up and it's Lorraine. (laughs) How did she get there? I don't know. That's the thing. That's that's what we'll have to find out in the third one. (laughs) I do like the idea of a post credit, like a fun post credit sting where Jennifer just wakes up on her stoop surrounded by, by, uh, surrounded by like the chaos of alternate 1985, I and then alive. yeah, <laughs> and then she's like, oh, oh god, and then just like the world changes around her <laughs> back to normal. <laughs> 1985. It's, like, it's like the Doctor Strange trailer. Yeah, it just folds in on itself <laughs> and, and just, changes back, and she's like, she just screams and runs down the street, and then but then and then everything's back to normal. But she, or she, she passes out again. Yeah. Or like Strickland drives up in like like a like a like a post apocalyptic like a Mad Max car. And he's like, get in. <laughs> yeah. Principal Strickland. Get in. Why does everyone keep calling me that today? Oh man. Yeah. Right on. All or, right. So thanks. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Or uh, Claudia Wells, Jennifer. Like, oh, Claudia Wells. What happened to her? That's a good one, too. Yeah, she's like, boy, she like, she's like, stumbles into like a diner and orders mm-hmm. like a Pepsi free. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing, too, that I, I think is interesting. There's a way you can make the 67 draft canon because you could say that uh, that's what happens to Beta Marty. That's what his sequel is. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Your kids, Marty. Or just yeah. how, however, however that started. Yeah, maybe maybe his maybe Beta Marty sequel, his part Back to the Future Part Two is just the sixty seven draft. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so you Thanks, could man. you could do a post post credit for uh, for uh, Beta Marty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's Beta Marty's after he gets back to nineteen eighty five. Yeah, yeah. Um. I did it. <laughs> you never heard him talk. So the <laughs> he's Russian. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, our last email comes from, uh, another Chris, uh, listener. He says, hi, Scott and Nick. Just wanted to say thanks for the show. Although it will be missed, I appreciate the time and effort you guys put into each and every show and can't wait for the third movie minute. Yeah. Thank you. My question, two parts is what has... (laughs) That's one of my favorite podcast jokes is when you're reading an email and the host audibly react to somebody saying two parts of a question. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, my question, two parts, is that is what has been your biggest takeaway from doing the Back to the Future Minute podcast and what have you learned from watching the movie minute by minute? <clears throat> What have we I thought learned? This was, I thought this was a good final question for our second season. I learned that just because something isn't perfect 
doesn't mean that it's not special. What does that mean? You know, this movie has has a lot of flaws and it's not, you know, quite as structurally perfect as as the first one. But, you Mm -hmm. know, it's brought a lot of people over the course of 30 years, you know, a lot of uh, joy and inspiration and uh, and fun. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think my appreciation of part two has grown doing this. Definitely, It's still my least favorite, but it's not by as much of a margin. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's kind of like who, you know, who's your least favorite friend of yours. You know what I mean? Right. Like totally. I'd still, like I'd still rather watch back to the future part two than like, you know, Dunstan checks in. Or <laughs> wow, I know, wow, that's shade. a movie I haven't thought of in like 20 years. <laughs> Just throwing shade on Dunstan checks in. <laughs> wow, um, Jason Alexander, yeah. uh, and Paul Rubens. Oh, that's right. Wow, wow, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest thing with 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 uh, with part two. That was definitely the biggest thing. is uh, I've, I've learned to appreciate the movie more than before. I, I'm going to be curious to revisit part three minute by minute because I, I feel like there is going to be less to talk about in part three, you know, cause we don't shift gears as much. Right. Yeah. It, it's kind of, it's a much more grounded movie and it's, you know, it's by far the, the movie that I've, I've seen the least of the three, you know, uh-huh. mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited to start covering that, but, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what our reaction to that movie is going to be minute to minute. I have a feeling it's going to be kind of a, a back to basics, kind of a return to what part one of the show was when we were just kind of really exploring every nook and cranny of this world, you know? Yeah. Less theoretical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. Plus there's a lot of new characters in part three. Yeah. And we know we, we love new characters. Yeah. Didn't I mean, get a it, lot of new characters in this one. I mean, think about, think about what part two brought framing part two brought us, you know, Reese and Foley and, uh, mm-hmm. beta Marty and CPR man. Well, part one gave us beta Marty. That's true. Yeah. Um, I'm excited so, about Mary Steenburgen. Oh, I'm very excited about Clara. Yes. Uh, so excited for Clara. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm excited for all the saloon scenes and uh, Doc drinking alcohol. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, lot of stuff late. to look forward to. Uh, I don't think that happens. I mean, it's, I mean, it's presumed because he has two children, but yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think there's a scene where that I mean, happens. I hope he doesn't don't breathe about it. Um, anyway uh, wouldn't be back to the future minute if Nick didn't reference something that happened to him five minutes ago Um, (laughs) well that yeah nothing happened to me five minutes ago but well I I know I'm being facetious anyway uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the biggest takeaway, yeah, is is one just like a, a grander appreciation for these movies that I already had. Mm-hmm. And from watching the movie minute by minute, I think what I learned the most uh, is cinematography and like the way that the movies are visually constructed, I think, is what I take away the most. Oh. Um, 
So that's that's probably uh, those are probably the main things. Um, I really love this format. Yeah, and, you know we uh, well. I, I think this was. I think we became a lot closer to the other uh, minute family podcasters this round. You think so? I think so. Like, wait. Oh, you mean like closer to them? Like, as in, like we all know each other and yeah, we're a family yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, I'm excited to get a, a lot of them back on for the next one, for sure. Yeah, and everyone. I mean, like, you know, uh, Allie and Preeti and uh, yeah. Naomi Wong, hopefully, and um, Michael Gorman. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm excited. Uh, it's funny because I'm going to enjoy this hiatus. Uh, oh, sure. We've got, we've got stuff to do. Yeah, that I mean, I, stuff I don't that want, we want to accomplish during the hiatus. Yeah, I don't want our listeners to think that we're just like tired of doing the show. Like we love doing the show. It's just we have a lot of other projects going on, and yeah, and we we're, can't devote as much energy to them as we would like because you know producing a week of the show, it's like you know a three-hour recording session, and then it takes me about three to four hours to edit. Uh, a week of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, you're talking like, I mean, I, I end up putting in like six to seven hours and that's six to seven hours. I could be doing a lot of other things and it's just, it's a lot. I mean, yeah, but I, I just want to be clear that, you know, we don't love doing the show any less mm-hmm. than, you know what I mean? It's just, we're, we're we, gonna, we, we just, we, it's just time. It's strategy. Yeah, it's right, right. We're we're strategically taking this time off to go so we can work on these other things so that when we come back, this can be our focus again. Yeah. And not like uh, God forbid, like, you know, we don't ever want the show to be getting in the way of anything. Right. Or, or to think of the show as like something that's getting in the way of, of anything. Right. Uh so yeah, so the hiatus um I don't we don't know exactly when we're going to come back yet, but it's going to be next year. Uh, so look for us in, uh, in 2017, the winter, Um, which seems like, yeah, which seems like a long time, but man, 2016 just flew by. Thankfully, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next year. (laughs) Definitely first quarter. Oh Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely not going to be like, you know, May or like April. Right, right, right. So it'll be first quarter next year. Uh, and I, you know, what's funny is like, like I said, like as much as I'm looking forward to the hiatus, um, I will probably start working on the, the show on part three, like within a month or so, just like organizational stuff. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah. Starting to schedule guests, big breaking down the movie, uh, watching part three. Mm-hmm. Uh, in its entirety. How cool would it be if we could get, you know, in this final run of the show, if we could get like one person that was involved in like the trilogy as like a guest? Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. I don't know. It that that's a little weird. I think. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think it's a little weird. I don't know that I'd want to do that. I oh, mean, okay. I I would I would be into having them on as like a special thing, but I don't think I'd want to like cover a minute with them. That would be weird. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it is, this is a really weird thing for anyone not doing it to understand, you know? Like, sure, yeah. It's hard to, like, even when I explain it to people, like, usually get blank stares. Like, why would anyone do that? Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I mean, Bob Gale himself was just like, why would they do that? That's yeah. dumb. 
Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it is what it is. But mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to, I just want to meet some people from the, from the thing and maybe do like an interview kind of thing, but I don't know. Either way, we've only got one more season and, uh, and then, and then, uh, I don't know stuff. We'll, uh, yeah. Who knows where we'll be in time when we come back. We'll be different people. It's true. Uh, geek by night season one will be over. Um, I'll be a father. I like the idea that that's that that is that is not happening yet. So the idea of you just being like, "I will be a father," like you're just like, <laughs> it is happening. I'm gonna. That is going to happen. I don't know how. <laughs> um, yeah. So I uh, I just uh, I'll 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 miss doing this. Miss having a daily show. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be it'll be nice that. Having the stress, I remember the six weeks that we had off between parts one and part two. Um, I didn't really get to enjoy too much because I was getting part two set up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, it was it was nice not having to promote a new show every day. That's for sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's it. Um, we're we're done with part two. Two down, one to go. And uh, we'll be back next year with Back to the Future Part 3. Uh, and in the meantime, we, won't, we will not be back until 2017, but we will be back every single week on Back to the Future Minute No Roads Edition on our Patreon account. Uh, so go to duelinggenre.com support and uh, support us at the $5 level or higher and get Back to the Future Minute No Roads Edition so you can get your weekly fix of Back to the Future talk and whatnot from Nick and I. Um, we will appreciate everybody that does that. And, of course, uh, yeah, that's it. We'll see you we'll next time. Hit it, Scott. Bye. Bye.